Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. Today, we're talking about the Academy finally making a decision on what to do with Will Smith. The Fast 10 family gets a little bit bigger, and Marcel the Shell with shoes is going to trample your heart with love. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin. And if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. And joining me for today's This Week in Geek episode is my spooky, spooky counterpart, Kevin Hudson. How are you, buddy? Spooky, spooky. Uh, I like it. Uh, I think. I think. I. I think. I know where you're going with that later on in the show. So that's, <laughs> exactly. that's good. Yeah. yeah, it's a little tease for the listeners. So, uh, how are you, man? How was your weekend? Uh, doing well. I went to. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, the best time in the in the in the year for sports, uh, and yes. uh, it's a good time to be a sports fan as a as a Toronto fan. And so I was at uh, the home opener and uh, the game on Saturday as well. So it was a busy, busy weekend. Nice to go downtown and uh, make a little weekend out of it. So yeah, I'm doing okay. Right. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. Um. I've, just for our listeners, I'm I'm sporting my uh, Blue Jay sweater for the team because they are back. Uh. But they had a busy weekend. Obviously, game opener in in Toronto. Um. And it was it was great to see that uh, you actually ventured out. How was the experience though? Because you know, on the news, they were talking a lot about uh, you know just it's it's the first time the the stadium's been sold out in over three years and. Uh, it just crazy amounts of crowds of people. And, and it felt like, in a way, uh, the sort of reaction to this pandemic, uh, just seeing how packed it was and, and people getting out and enjoying the game. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, it was crazy to see the building full again. Uh, it's been it's been years. And and so anytime you can have 50,000 fans celebrating together, it's awesome. And then, you know, uh, like I was at the the home opener quote unquote last year when the Jays finally returned to Toronto after a couple of years. And that was really special. And, uh, you know, but there was only 15,000 people with, with seating limitations and everything going on. And so this year, especially with all the hype going into the, into the season and then to have mm-hmm, the building mm-hmm. full again, it was, the building was electric. And, and I got to say, um, we didn't get off to the best start. We were trailing, uh, pretty heavy, pretty early. And, and it was, you could just feel the energy get sucked out of that place. But uh, this team, you can never, ever count out the Blue Jays. This offense is crazy. And so even a 7 nothing deficit was nothing for them to overcome. And the fact that they did sure. it, and, and that just helped uh, make just a terrific atmosphere. And then I got to say, Saturday was almost as cool because, it, as I mentioned, it's like the best time of the year. So as we were leaving the game on Saturday evening – you had Blue Jays fans piling out of the city and Maple Leaf fans piling into the city. And so mm. it was just sports central and the energy and the buzz. Right. I mean, I have said it already tonight. This is the best time in a long, long time to be a Toronto sports fan. We have literally the best hockey player and the best baseball player in the world at the same time. We are being spoiled. Mm. Now all they have to do is just win me a championship, maybe two. Um, and I'll be, I'll be complete. Life will be well, complete. The, the Raptors, the Raptors are off that list cause they already did it. The Raptors did it. So. And you know what? They're not, they're not like, they're, I mean, they've, they've had a great, terrific season they're having and a they're great, a great yeah, story. Great the fact that they've made the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, they yep. have a real good chance to upset Philly, which would be awesome. Cause we did that on our run to the championship a few years ago, but there's no pressure on them. This is just a, 
a bonus that they've even made it this far and are in the playoffs. And so it's just pure fun, whereas there's a ton of pressure on the Leafs. We've had this core for five years. Yeah. It's time to get something done. We've got to win a round. Uh, and then with the Jays, you know, all the pundits around baseball putting us in their top two, three best teams to look out for this year. World Series favorites on a lot of people's lists. So a lot of pressure there too. But again, can't complain too much. I'm just a bundle of stress. Every every night of my life is going to be spent watching something, obsessing over the score of, of one game or another. Yeah, for sure. You know, again, this is a geek podcast where we talk about movies and tv shows and toys and collectibles but your passion for sports is very much felt uh i've as long as i've known you you've always been a big sports nut and i think it's also just reminiscent of toronto toronto is huge sports fans and we do have uh some great teams and we've you know they've worked hard to build out these teams so that they can be reputable so that they can be uh in the ranks of of being some of the best and yeah, hopefully the season looks good for the Jays. The Leafs look like they're they're panning out to be, you know, they've they've got the playoffs clinched, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and they had a great great weekend. Um, so it's exciting. You're right, it is exciting. If you're a Torontonian sports fan, it is the best time to be into sports. And and I think I've said it on this show a lot before. Um, I don't think being a geek is relegated to just movies no. and TV shows and, and things like Star Wars no. and Marvel. I think you can geek out over anything. You can be a music geek. You can be a sports geek. And and really what a geek is is just somebody who's really, really passionate about something. Passionate. And exactly. and, and that's what yeah. we are all about here on this show. And so, yeah, and, and yeah. the fact that we have just such a range of different tastes and interests and hobbies and everything, that's, yeah. that's what makes us so exactly. diverse and unique. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Now, I think we've we've blown enough smoke up our own asses uh, to now c- collectively move into the news. It's all about the details. All right, so our first news story, the Film Academy bans Will Smith from the Oscar ceremony for 10 years. This article comes from Scott Feinberg over at The Hollywood Reporter. 12 days after Will Smith slapped and screamed profanities at Chris Rock during the 94th Academy Awards ceremony, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Science has ruled that Smith, who was presented with the Best Actor Oscar that same evening, has been banned from returning to the Oscars or attending any other Academy event for the next 10 years. Smith will retain the Oscar that he won, and remains eligible for future Oscar nomination wins, but he just can't show up, apparently. So, uh, The Academy's 54-person Board of Governors held a special meeting this past Friday to determine what actions to take against Smith. Until one week ago, when Smith announced that he was resigning as a member of the organization, he was expected to face suspension or expulsion as well, having violated the standards of conduct that the Academy implemented following the Me Too movement. Shortly afterwards, Smith, through a spokesperson, issued a brief statement on the verdict, if you will, saying, I accept and respect the Academy's decision. Now, it doesn't really end there. Many members of the industry have expressed outrage over Smith's behavior, which he himself called shocking, painful, and inexcusable. Some even called for him to lose the Oscar statuette that he was awarded at the Oscars. Uh, 
But the Academy appears to have doubled down on its long-held position that there is a line between on-screen work and off-screen conduct. I think the best examples, as as Scott Feinberg uh, kind of outlines here, Harvey Weinstein and Roman Polanski have been expelled from the organization, but each still have Oscar statuettes awarded to them from prior. So, Kev, I got to ask, what do you think? I know I know, we, we said we weren't going to talk about this anymore, but it just it's the slap that keeps on giving, man, I'm telling you. So uh, it looks like... Like uh, the Film Academy has has dropped the hammer on on Will Smith. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, I think they needed to do something. It's quite clear they couldn't uh, just ignore it, much like they did on the night of. Uh, and so I think th- this seems fair to me. Uh, I think, uh, like you said, we've said most of what we we have to say, given you know the actual event and everything itself. So it's nice to, to, to again see some punishment get doled out. Uh, I think the best phrasing I heard it and. And uh, this might uh, rub people the wrong way, but the best way I heard it is, well, now Will Smith will watch the Oscars like the rest of us at home with his wife and her boyfriend. So, um, <laughs> so Ooh, yeah, touchy. yeah, touchy, touchy, touchy right? Uh, but Sounds like a Ricky Gervais <laughs> joke. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, can't, I, 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 I apologize. I can't remember who said it, but I thought that was pretty funny and. Yeah, again, uh, yeah, I think uh, this was this was uh, what they should do. You can't take away what he did last year in terms of his work. Sure. And uh, so this was a fair punishment. Well, and I think that's the part that really gets me is that people are, are clamoring for him to hand over the Oscar, especially given the examples I gave, you know, Harvey Weinstein and Roman Polanski. Um, if, if you don't know, Harvey Weinstein very much uh, was has been deemed a sexual predator and for his actions within the Hollywood industry have warned him to be expelled. He's currently in jail for a 23 year sentence, if I'm not mistaken. Now, Roman Polanski uh, pled guilty uh, to a rape charge where the victim was a minor, which is absolutely appalling. And what's crazy is that the day that he won that Oscar, there was a standing ovation for him in the auditorium. And Harrison Ford delivered the Oscar to him uh, personally because he fled the country so he wouldn't face any sort of legalities around pleading guilty, which to me is just absolutely disgusting behavior. So, you know, you have these 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 two uh, who were former Hollywood elites still keeping their awards. No one's been clamoring for them to return their statuette. And albeit this doesn't give any sort of justification to what Will Smith did that evening. It was absolutely uncalled for and it overshadowed the entire event and i think this is the best action that the academy can really really do but i really don't get why why people want him to hand over the award it doesn't take away the fact that that performance was still great and not only that there's more and more people that are more shocked at the behavior that will smith had that evening because more often than not you know will smith is a decent guy that a lot of people do like and now it seems as though you know people don't want to work with him there was a big deal he had with netflix that fell off i think that was an article that i read from last week um and it's been just frozen bad boys 4 apparently was was an active pre-production and has now been halted um so everyone's just just trying to distance themselves from will smith which i think again he he did it to himself but it's it's more or less maybe trying to talk to him you know what i mean like off the record you know, as as the producer who's maybe producing that movie, like what went down, what happened, right, kind of thing, um, and maybe continuing with those projects. I want to see Bad Boys Four. I don't know about you. I don't know. Uh, Bad Boys Three wasn't uh, <laughs> the most enjoyable movie. Oh, it was great. It was uh, great. It was great. <laughs> uh, for what it is, sure. Um, I think I think this will largely blow over in in 
weeks, months, and, and even years to well, come. Well, is that it? Do you think this is it? Do you think we'll get more repercussions? Will eventually? No, I think I think the like, okay. I, no, I think what the academy the, the academy's done their part. They've they've dealt with it how they're going to deal with it, and then it is just a matter of are people going to you know let um, you know uh, a few minutes of a really poor decision affect the the, the, the it's Will Smith is still a, a box office draw, and so. When it comes down to it, it is all about money in Hollywood, and so I can't see this sure. this going on forever. People will work with him again, and people will eventually go and see his work again, and so yeah, this is this is this is just a temporary sort of. And again, he, sure. he, he might deserve he, it, and and you know, the, the, you have to deal with your consequences in this life. That's just a, a fact of of how things work. For so, sure, but yeah, I think it'll blow over eventually. Yeah, for sure. I think it's also interesting that Chris Rock hasn't said anything about well because he's he's too busy and, uh selling out shows you know he's well he sold out the show he, he's addressed it on one of the first the first shows that for that tour he said i'm not going to talk about it and i don't know where i read it and so I, I did read an article though that he is holding out for someone to pay him for the exclusive about that which i think is just hilarious he's just, he's trying to find an opportunity to make money off of it which i guess you got to be opportunistic be and again he's he yeah. his comedy show or tour which was already scheduled before everything happened but they've added dates to it and you know so if anything he's he's benefited from the situation but i think the most impressive thing is how he's handled it because even at some of these earlier earlier comedy shows people were screaming things about will smith and he's stopped it instantly no 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 we're not here to talk about him tonight. We don't need to do that, you know. And so he's still, from the moment it happened right through to now, he's he's showing uh, class and dignity and and poise. And I really respect him for that. And I think it's brilliant. And so, composure, yeah, composure. I, mean, and so, I think that's you know. That's it. For, for, and he's only going to talk about it once if he's going to talk and, about it. He's only yeah, gonna and talk he's going to make money. Once. He doesn't need and to sue. Well. Yeah. He doesn't need to sue Will Smith yeah. for the money. Let some you know cable network or whatever pay for the interview and and he'll still get some money out of it again chris rock is a big winner out of all of this in terms of reputation and i think career wise he feels like it it feels like okay. it kind of got yeah, yeah if anything yeah, he, he definitely he, if anything he's gonna send will a box of chocolates and some flowers and say thanks man Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well We'll have to wait and see if anything else happens. But uh, what we don't have to wait and see is who's going to be joining the Fast and Furious family. Because this past weekend, uh, Vin Diesel announces Brie Larson joins Fast and Furious 10. Uh, this article comes from Jordan Morrow over at uh, Variety. The Fast family is growing even bigger. Fast and Furious star Vin Diesel announced on Instagram that Brie Larson who plays Captain Marvel, as we all know, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, will join the cast of The Fast and Furious 10. In an Instagram post on Saturday evening, Diesel wrote, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to do this in a, in a Vin Diesel voice, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see this angel over my shoulder. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll stop that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see this angel over my shoulder cracking me up. You say to yourself, that's Captain Marvel. Clearly, there is love and laughter in this image. What you don't see, however, is the character you will be introduced to in Fast 10. You have no idea how timeless and amazing she will be in our mythology. Beyond her beauty, her intellect, her Oscar. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. There, I'll give you a, a Vin Diesel laugh. Ha ha ha. Is this profound soul who will add something you might not even expect but yearned for. 
Welcome to the family, Bree. All right, I'll end it off with a, another Vin Diesel. Uh, Larson confirmed her casting on Sunday morning through a post on her Instagram. Excited doesn't even begin to explain how I feel about joining the Fast family, she wrote. Thank you for welcoming me in with so much kindness and excitement. Fast and the Furious 10 will be directed by Justin Lin and hits theaters May 19th, 2023. Diesel will be back as Dom Toretto, as will the rest of the crew, including Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, Sung Kang, and Charlize Theron, who played the villain Cypher in The Fate of the Furious. Uh, and actually announced earlier this year, and I think we might have reported on it, is that Jason Momoa uh, is joining, as well as Daniela Melcois, who, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was in Suicide Squad uh, as... Um, Ratcatcher 2. So, so apparently as well, Fast and Furious 10 will be the penultimate chapter of the current cast and characters. An 11th movie uh, will also be directed by Lynn, and it's set to be the final of the Fast saga. So I got to ask, Kev, um, you know, the family gets bigger. It's all about family. Uh, what do you think about uh, Brie Larson joining? Uh, well, I thought joining you, I thought you were going to ask what I think about uh, your Vin Diesel impression because I don't have much. <laughs> it's awful. To say I know. That. Um, <laughs> that, you know, it's it's crazy. You know, we're both we're both big Fast fans. Um, we've we've always gotten a kick out of the 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 franchise, and and I think I think people like around Hollywood must too because the amount of a-listers that they they keep nabbing for these movies. I mean, Brie Larson will be yeah. the third Academy Award winning actress to join this this group of 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 actors. So it's it's kind of funny. It's always just like, wow, they got them too. I, I think I read somewhere Vin Diesel was eyeing Michael Caine, uh, who's also an Oscar winner at one point to join. And so anybody they can well, get he's, their he's hands like, I got on. I got Helen Mirren. Yeah. I got Helen Mirren. Yeah, I, Helen I'm Mirren. one stop away from Michael Caine. Kurt Russell oh, is yeah. is a god in in a lot of uh, yep. film circles. Has and he everything. won an Oscar? No, I don't believe so. But no, again, yes. you know, one of yeah, those highly yeah. respected actors who you yeah. go, oh, that's amazing. They just so you it. said three. So I, I, I'm counting obviously Brie Larson and Charlize Helen Mirren and Charlize and Charlize yeah. and Charlize there, and there that's absolutely right. Awesome. Wow, that is crazy. Who do you think she's gonna play? Because I, I was I was pretty quick with my own uh, assumptions of who she might be, but then I was on Twitter and and people were already having the same idea. But I, I definitely think she's gonna maybe be the long lost sister of Brian. You know what? The way Vin was talking about how you know she she won't be here for a long time when you consider it's only going to be for a movie or two out of eleven, um, but the role will be powerful and it'll stay with you as fans of of these movies. And so yeah, you yeah, think it will have some it some some levity behind who she's playing. So I think that's probably the safest bet at this point. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's probably the the, the more most likely. I also thought it was interesting. You know, maybe it's just Jordan Morrow just kind of being optimistic, but he he refers to you know uh, the current cast of characters. This being the penultimate chapter makes me wonder if if you know we'll get more Fast and Furious, just not with with these characters after. Uh, ah, see, you know, but it's Fast like one of those things where I, you don't, if you branch out, this isn't like Star Wars where you can set something sure. in a galaxy and don't necessarily need the, 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 the main characters that you're familiar with to be part of that galaxy. Whereas this is, Fast and the Furious just takes place on Earth. So like any movie could technically be part of Fast and the Furious. But if it doesn't have your, your, your Toretto's and your, your, your Ludacris and your, you know, uh, I can't think of the, the character names that they play, but if you don't have those guys, then it, is it really a Fast and Furious movie? So honestly, I 
there, I know they're splitting up this 10th movie into two parts, kind of Kill Bill style, right? So 10 and 11 are technically one big movie. And, th and then it's time. It is time to hang up the keys, uh, if you will, to uh, Dom's old Dodge Charger and just, uh, and just ride off into the sunset. It's, it's, I'm ready. I think we're all ready for it. Well, as Dom says, the word hasn't even been invented yet. It's a deep cut for fast fans, if you know where that's from. Um, what people aren't ready for, though, is our next news story, which uh, let me just read this to you, this headline. Spirit Halloween Store film in the works starring Christopher Lloyd and Rachel Lee Cook. This article comes from KG Yosman from Variety. You heard me right. Spirit Halloween, the iconic costume and prop store with over 1,400 locations across North America, has teamed up with Strike Back Studios, Hideout Pictures, and Particular Crowd for a feature-length family movie called, you guessed it, Spirit Halloween. Build as a family kids adventure movie, this project stars Back to the Future star Christopher Lloyd and She's All That star Rachel Lee Cook. There as well as some she new faces. goes, there she goes again. <laughs> um, with this announcement came a logline uh, which reads, when a new Spirit Halloween store appears in a deserted strip mall, three middle school friends who think they've outgrown trick-or-treating make a dare to spend the night locked inside the store Halloween night. But they soon find out that the store is haunted by an angry evil spirit who has possessed the creepy animatronic characters. The kids embark on a thrilling and spooky there's 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 the tease spooky adventure in order to survive the night and avoid becoming possessed themselves. Noor Ahmed, president of Strike Back Studios, was also quoted of saying, one of the reasons I immediately connected with the script is that it is very much inspired by some of my favorite kid adventure films growing up from The Goonies, Gremlins, Monster Squad and so many great films made by Amblem Entertainment. Now, get this. Filming on this Spirit Halloween has now wrapped. They are aiming for an October 2022 release. Now, Kev, I know you're a huge fan of Spirit Halloween stores. <laughs> so I, I got to know, are you stoked for, for this movie or what? This is brilliance. This is, this is the kind of <laughs> script I can't believe I didn't write myself. Do you know how many times in the days leading up to Halloween in years past where... I've, I've got my animatronics all set up and they're just sitting in the garage waiting to go out on display. And I've had to go grab something, maybe take out some garbage or recycling and just thought, man, if one of those things moves right now, I'm going to freak right out. And so this taps into a, a very real uh, fear that I have. Um, so, <laughs> but it's, but, it, but the, the kid's family sort of moniker that they're giving it, you know, that sort of adventure, that's perfect. So I won't be too, too scared. Yeah, this is this is the most exciting Halloween movie I can think of coming out uh, since maybe Goosebumps. This is like, you know, yeah. Spirit Halloween is my favorite place to go right next to either the Rogers Center or the Scotiabank for a, for a Leaf for Jays game. I love going to Spirit Halloween every year. For sure. We can't wait till the new one sets up and, and we can, you know, go find it and, and walk around and explore. So, I mean, this is just such a, a me concept. I love it. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No. I, and just to even give a little bit more context, a couple years back, we did a, a Halloween spooktacular 
where we showcased your epic home decked out for Halloween. We'll we'll put the video in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I I saw this I saw this story and I was like, man, Kevin's gonna friggin' love this movie. <laughs> um, I am interested because it is it is an interesting concept to take a a relatively well known. Uh, store, not necessarily a toy or a product, but something that is has its own iconography with Halloween, um, and and create more of a modern story off of it. It's it's interesting. I don't think it's going to be good, but I think that I would be at least interested enough to check it out to see what it is all about. Um, but I, I just think it's it's absolutely hilarious, like you said, to kind of create something more uh, modern and more of today. You know, in Canada, at least, Spirit Halloween stores seem to either just kind of pop up in and around, like you were saying, Kevin, like in and around Halloween. Whereas I think in the States, they, they might be a little bit more situated. They, uh, there's um, a, there's, maybe, there's a few know. standalone locations that sort of are around year round. But no, even for the most part, uh, they, they are just sort of they yeah. they because nobody's buying decorations for Halloween in March. Right. So there's no point in spending all the overhead on rent and staff and everything like that. So, yeah, they move around. They go and find the cheapest abandoned store in town and, and move all their stuff in for a couple months and then they're gone. Yeah, I was sure. like I was like yeah. around the Hollywood, uh, the Halloween season and you'll see people posting pictures and it's of the Avengers Tower all dilapidated, but with a spirit Halloween banner. We're moving in, you know, like that's so much what they do. And so that's actually <laughs> what they I think they tweeted that they or have, yeah, someone or tweeted, tweeted it and, and they retweeted yeah, it. They, they know. Yeah, they for are, sure. So they have fun. with. Yeah, it. for sure. Yeah. And they and that's the other thing they have. a They actually have a, a you know, if you check out their Twitter, it's actually fairly funny. So there is there is there is someone behind there that that does leverage that marketing. I just think it's so funny, though, that in the log line, it's like uh, when a new spirit Halloween store appears in a deserted strip mall, because that's usually the circumstance. Exactly. Of when. Uh, well, just of when just look at your hometown Halloween. of Newmarket. Right. Uh, in the last yes, five yeah. years. It's been at the Upper Canada Mall. It's been in an old uh, uh, Shoppers Drug Mart. It's been in uh, an old Bed Bath and Beyond. I mean, every year it's sort of a struggle of finding where they've moved it to next. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You always have to search. So yeah. So that's coming out apparently October 2022. We shall see if uh, we end up checking that one out. I'll. Uh, I will at least be checking it out. I can assure you that. I look about... forward to that as a watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. That might, it might be a watch of quality. We'll see. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, that's it for news. So with that, let's move into... It's trailer time. All right. Our first trailer is for a series coming to Amazon Prime. Actually, I believe it's actually dropping later this week, April 15th. Um, and it's called Outer Range. It stars Josh Brolin, Emotion Poot, Will Patton, Tom Pelfrey, Lily Taylor, Tamara Pominski, and Noah Reed. Synopsis. A rancher fighting for his land and family discovers an unfathomable mystery at the edge of Wyoming's wilderness. This looks wild. This looks like a really like weird concept. Like It's interesting how... You know, we talked about Nope, uh, which is Jordan Peele's. I got lots of lots of Nope vibes from this. Yes, sort of cowboys and aliens mix. All I know is yes, season four of Yellowstone looks wild, man. That's that's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, is that what you're saying? This yeah. is is like season <laughs> four. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it kind of it is it is interesting that Amazon Prime is putting out another sort of cowboy western uh, show that does you know inherently call into uh, Yellow Yellowstone, which is is a successful. Uh, they've they've even made a spinoff, right? So it's a successful series for them to to kind of be be pushing. But yeah, this this is like a very interesting. It looks like it's a sci-fi psychological thriller, uh, and I, I love the cast. Like a Josh Brolin. That's a huge I, I get. Him. That's a huge get, right? That's a huge get yeah, for sure. Especially like I don't know if he's done any series, so this might be his first. Um. But Will Patton, I love Will Patton, and I think it looks like they're going to be at, you know, each other's throats, if you will. Um, but the one surprise out of this cast was Noah Reed. Do you know who Noah Reed is? Yeah, well, uh, uh, of any anybody who's a fan of Score the Hockey Musical <laughs> knows who uh, knows who Noah Reed is. But he also did that little <laughs> thing called Shit's Creek. So, yes, he was. He was. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm Patrick. Sorry. Yes, he's Patrick. Patrick yeah. and Shit's Creek. I'm sorry. If anybody knows Score the Hockey Musical, please hit us up and let us know what you think. That's an all timer. That's an all timer. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was pretty shocked to see. Not shocked, but I'm I'm happy to see Noah Reed in this because. Again, he was he was so delightful in in Schitt's Creek uh, as Patrick and as he has his you know relationship with David um, in Schitt's Creek. It was just so it was so honest and and uh, it, it was just really nice. It was a really nice anchor to that that series. So to see Noah Reed in what looks to be again a sci-fi drama psychological thriller, it's going to be interesting to see his acting chops take a new sort of a new direction, uh, if you will. I think he's still going to have the comedy though. Because uh, I, I think that's inherently in him to be a bit of a chuckle uh, at times. So, um, yeah, this looks great. I'm actually like really interested. Do you think it? Do, does it have you hooked though? Based on this trailer, was were you hooked to to find out more and and to see? Yeah, as the years go on, I get more and more into westerns, and so anytime you can sort of put a unique spin on that, it it definitely intrigues me. Um, and so, yeah, this one kind of came out of nowhere that it's coming out so, so soon. Not sure how it flew under the radar for us, um, I guess, until this trailer came out. And so here we are. Uh, I just, it is interesting that you mentioned Will Patton and I've mentioned Yellowstone and he'll now have been in both of those shows for, for Amazon Prime <laughs> in the last little while here. But yeah, uh, great cast, great cast indeed. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential here to just get wild, get weird, get freaky. Let's go. Yeah, and and like we just said, like you know, with Nope coming out later this summer in July, it's kind of nice that you know if this show was meant to kind of come out later, that they've at least put it before Nope in case there are overlaps in, in sort of the thematic elements. Because I don't know, I got alien vibes from. Uh, yeah, from I shouldn't just assume that's what it is, but that does right. really feel like where yeah. they're going with it. So. But maybe it'll so be something completely we'll different and catch us off guard. For sure. And that's that's the intrigue. That's the mystery box is that giant hole. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's coming out uh, April 15th. So we don't have to wait too long. I actually might check that out this weekend and, and see what it's all about. Um, all right. Our next trailer. Uh, I picked this one specifically for you, Kevin. Uh, it's called The Baby. Uh, it's hitting HBO, being that you are uh, a soon-to-be father. Uh, the cast includes Michelle <laughs> Michelle Desuarte, uh Amber Grappi, Amira Gazal, and Chevron Marks. 
Uh, the synopsis reads, this is a new limited series that blends horror and comedy and a surrealist study on motherhood. When a controlling baby with violent powers mysteriously lands in Natasha's lap, she must figure out how to wrestle her life back. She doesn't want a baby, but the baby wants her. The baby premieres April 24th on HBO Max. This looks so weird, man. It looks so bizarre. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, it says it in the synopsis. It says it right in the trailer. The most terrifying comedy. I'm like, I am not getting a lot of comedy vibes out of out of what we've seen so far here. But I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, that'll be part of uh, how the show unfolds. Uh, but it, yeah, just. It looks really weird, and and as you say, as a as a soon to be a father to be, if you will, uh, I don't know if this is like ideal <laughs> watching for for us, as we're already you know full of anxiety and stress, and and you never know that you might give birth to a, a super powered demonic baby, right? You never know what's going to happen. So a hundred percent, it looks it looks like the comedy will come from the situations of the baby. I feel like that's it. That or you know, that are the deaths. Some... It almost seems like the deaths will be very mm -hmm. much like uh, I, I was getting uh, almost six feet under vibes, where the, yes, all those episodes was, were yes. sort of you know uh, they followed uh, a, a weird circumstantial death and, and yeah. you know and so they that were like could comedically tragic, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It was like a yeah. My and I, I was, feel like that. My favorite that's... was the uh, the the truck full of blow up dolls that uh, releases and so the woman thinks that the rapture's happening and, <laughs> and walks into traffic I mean just some, some crazy stuff and so yeah I think this show might have a lot of those elements to it and I think what really like stuck with me is as you pointed out is is this horror comedy and count me a, a, a sucker for this word but a surrealist sort of study of, of motherhood so there's just this uh, idea of you know, mothers can kind of be seen as controlling the babies and being very timid. Feels like the baby is going to be controlling her, which is kind of bringing out this sort of paternal mother uh, approach. Where again, as as the synopsis says, she doesn't want the baby, but the baby wants her. It's going to be really interesting to see how how this unfolds. And again, we don't have to wait too long. April twenty fourth on HBO Max. I hope we get it here in Canada on Crave because. I'll definitely check out if, the first episode. If you like weird TV, April is going to be your month, I think. I think so. I think so. Um, all right, let's get to our next trailer here. This one, a lot more lighthearted. It's going to pull at your heartstrings, Kevin. We got Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Uh, this is from A24. It's hitting theaters June 24th. There's no synopsis, but this is a film from director Dean Fletcher Camp and starring Jenny Slate, Isabella Rossellini, and Leslie Stahl. I don't know if you knew this, Kev, but some fun facts here. Uh, it's actually based on a short film of the same name that was created specifically for YouTube in 2010. There was a, a series of little shorts. Yeah, I believe there were and, uh, three uh, of them. I went and I went and watched them yeah. after this trailer came out yeah. just to sort of see what the heck is going on yeah. here. I, I remember watching it way back when, but it never like hooked me, right? But it was a viral sensation. It was kind of like, a, you know, when viral was a thing, this was one of those examples. Um, and, and the film, at, this film is actually already premiered at the Telerud Film Festival uh, this past September, and it is is set to be released uh, June twenty fourth, twenty twenty two, by A twenty four, which the film received positive reviews from critics. So it's it's interesting. What did you think, Kev? What did you think of this movie? Um, yeah, I mean, again, again, I mean, you know, because of our our background doing all the the stop motion animation, 
um, when we mm-hmm. were when we were really hitting the YouTube stuff hard. Uh, everything sort of in this vein speaks to me a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. you know, than than even traditional animation would. And so, yeah, I thought this was really sweet. Um, and like I said, I went and watched the three short films uh, that came out in the uh, the early to mid 2010s. Um, and they were great. They're three, four minutes long. So I just don't know how that will translate into a full-length movie. That's That would be my biggest question mark going into I'm it. I'm wondering... Yeah, that that was that was my biggest question mark, too. I feel like this could be an 80-minute, 90-minute movie. Anything longer than that, I don't know if that's... It, it runs at about a buck 29, really so it is about an hour and a half. So it's right in that... There nice short little yeah. wheelhouse, yeah. Because, like you said, anything more, and it's it's how can you really stretch this premise out? But um, you know, I love the uh, I love a documentary, a docu series style. Uh, you know that the parody yeah. on that it's always very enjoyable. And so, yeah, I think it's certainly um, far sweeter um, than the the first two trailers that we looked at here in terms of what's going on. And Jenny Slade is so terrific sure. as Marcel; she's really yeah. really adorable. And so. I think this will, like you said, pull on a lot of heartstrings. I think Marcel's going to win a lot of people over. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the, the the shorts. What always stood out to me about the shorts is that they were just very, like almost like situational comedies of of, you know, Jenny Slate just kind of talking about like her life as this shell, and now that that groundwork has been laid in these like little short movies, they can kind of have free will and, and sort of reference and, and talk about some of those things. And I think that the same sort of style of humor where it's very, you know, her kind of almost like she's telling a joke, but she's not, she's just describing her life. Like that's yeah. going to very much be a premise to her character. Yeah. It seems like it's very much uh, a lot of Jenny Slate just sort of riffing and improving, and then they film the yes. animation to go on top of it. Uh, Cause just even, even in some of the short films, you know, she'll say something about how, you know, uh, she always wanted a dog, could never have a dog, but so now she just tied a piece of hair around a piece of lint. And, you know, the director yeah. behind the, the camera interviewing this shell is is laughing as if he's being taken off, you know, taken off guard by what's being said. And so I think it is very improvisational and it is just a lot sure. of riffing. And and then I think what the idea is, is those shorts have now made Marcel the shell famous. And so now they're following him around even more to see, you know, what kind of adventures he can go on. So, and it, and it looks like it's, it's, it's a, uh, a coming of shell story. There you go. If you will, you um, go. where it will be very much discovering, uh, their own identity and their own existence. And having a 24 behind this just helps cement this idea of the sort of diverse films that, that they kind of will, will get behind that, that are artful yet, you know, this this doesn't really lend itself to being, you know, some of the drama and, and maybe even the horror side, but it's very family oriented and they've done movies like this. Uh, so it sits in that other side of, of the bracket of outside of what I think, let's just say what general audience may or may not know of, of A24. Um, so it's I think it's great that they're actually, you know, getting behind it and, and bringing it to to more theaters and, and really pushing it. Yeah, no, it's huge. It's huge for the movie. Um, and you know, a 24 rarely backs, um, a loser, right? They're, 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 they're putting their name sure. on films that they really respect and, and admire. And so, uh, this definitely seems like almost one of the more mainstream and that's if you watch the trailer, it doesn't scream mainstream right at the hat, but for a 24, this does seem a little bit more just approachable for for wider audiences i think than a lot of their stuff and so it's and it is that's a very smart move and so i think both of them benefit they benefit from branching out and this small little movie benefits from getting 
who yeah. is a growing name in the film industry, they get that that, that sort sure. of clout. So it's so it seems like a For win win. Sure. And like you said, right yeah. off the top, early reviews are very very positive. People have nothing but yeah. nice things to say about this lovely looking yeah. little movie. Yeah, they're diversifying what they're what sort of films that they 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 you know put their name on right you know they have the hereditary they have the midsummer you know they have the green knight they have now everything everywhere all at once these are all very similar but different movies from one another and you know again something like marcel the shell with shoes is uh is is gonna be it's gonna be a, a nice addition to the family of a24 all right our last trailer uh this one dropped today so of course we're gonna talk about it can't believe i wasn't going to not talk about it but we're going to talk about it stranger things season four volume one hitting netflix may 27th we got all the original cast coming back uh for this this is uh going to be part one of two as as mentioned in volume one of season four the other part will be coming out i believe in july uh, i don't know if there's a, an actual date yet but um this whole season four volume one and volume two will be the penultimate to season five, which will then close out this series. Um, this is our first real look at like the new threat that these kids are going to have to take on. There are also some really, uh, well, the kids all look very grown up. Uh, I'm just going to say that for being in high school, but uh, it, it still it still works, uh, if you will. But uh, it looks like they're getting deeper into the upside down. And already Eagle Eye fans are, are pointing out things like uh, in the trailer, we see um, Billy's sister, whose name escapes me right now, uh, sitting at the gravestone uh, reading. Uh, and it does say Billy's name. But then in another scene when she's levitating above the grave, the tombstone then says William and not Billy. So a lot of people are are wondering what what that might mean. Is there time jumps? Are there time elements? I know Nate would probably be all over this right now talking about how it's like there's going to be time travel involved, which I wouldn't put past the show. It, it would need to kind of find some way of of uh, adding something new as they close this out. Is that really make sense? Yeah, no, because, uh, you know, in mentioning it, the fact that there is now an end date is one of the more promising things for me not because i haven't enjoyed the adventure along the way but it does feel like how much more can you really do within this world without it starting to feel a little repetitive or whatnot and you know so the the idea that they've got this end date in mind and can now work towards that i think only benefits the show and then to actually see this fully drawn out trailer um it looks like this season's gonna bring in some different elements it's not just a matter of the demogorgons and everything coming through and getting bigger and bigger, but there, yes. there's a, this seems like a very new sort of uh, villain that we're going to be getting here. And, you know, based outside of this haunted house looking building, and then you've got this humanoid figure uh, that seems to be the main threat here. It, it looks very, very intriguing. I'm certainly interested. Uh, and I think the time jump was a great idea because they knew these kids were all going to shoot up and, and, and look older. They're all about 18, 19, 20. So, that's fine when you're playing, you know, somebody in, in the later few years of high school when you're about 18. Yeah, for that sure. works. Yeah. So that, I have no qualms with that. I think it was smart to not just play it off as being the next year and all of a sudden they look three or four years older, you know. Well, I remember when we did cover uh, the story when they initially announced that this was going to be broken up into two volumes, that the, the time jump is only six months after the events of season three. 
So it's not really that much of a oh, time. Okay, commitment. okay, interesting. Yeah, so 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 while they do look older and I, I would I, I agree with you, I think the time jump could have been a little bit longer. Like they're already into school, you know, thing things maybe have gotten a little bit more normal for them. Um but again, that's that's to be seen. The humanoid character uh, already on Twitter, people are saying I love the the what people are saying about uh, it potentially being Barb. It's Barb. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, everyone just wants her to have some sort of vindication, right? right some she was sort of closure. Gone yeah. too soon. Yes, yeah, some, some sort of closure. I, I don't think it is. It, it kind of reminded me very much like um, the uh, villain from uh, Eternals, that sort of humanoid tentacly okay, sort of okay. CGI'd being. But um, it looks like, it does look like they're going to be a huge threat. It's just a matter of if that's the threat for the next two seasons, so for season four and season five, or is this just going to be the threat for this that's going to lead to a bigger threat? Who knows? I'm also really interested in seeing how now that Russia has seemed to have opened the door on the other end, what they're doing and and how how they're going to play into this sort of whole thing like do i wonder if it's going to be like the world comes together you know what i mean to to stop um but i was really happy to see uh paul um fuck what's his name paul, paul riser yeah oh i'm just mad about paul riser yeah, yeah. yeah i was <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. i i loved seeing it's his good to see him out. and he seems like he's going to be almost trying to put some pieces together in order to stop what he's describing as this this epic threat right he he's he seems to have a lot more information about what's what's going to be going on that's going to be filling in the rest of the the group about uh what they need to to conquer so um yeah we don't have to wait long for that one either at the end of may uh may 27th that one is dropping on netflix and, and probably in traditional netflix manner all at once one dump uh, May 27th. And so, I mean, hopefully, uh, fingers def- crossed, we can work with Netflix Canada, get our hands on that early and let you know uh, what you should expect uh, before uh, you're yeah. able to check it out. Yeah, we'll give you our, our early thoughts, hopefully. So we, we're definitely going to try and see if we can. So, well, uh, dude, that's it for trailers, man. We we wrap this sucker up pretty quickly. But uh, before we officially put a wrap on this uh, on this episode of This Week in Geek, um, I thought let's just close out with a little what you for our listeners. Something you've uh, enjoyed this past week uh, that you know you should, they should watch, play, read, listen to, whatever. Well, as uh, as we talked at the top of the program, I've been pretty consumed. It's a a busy night uh, or busy time uh, for sports. Uh, you know, I have a game a night, if not uh, two. Uh, as we're recording right now, there's there's a Leaf and a Jays game on. Uh, but I've managed to sneak in a little bit of TV. Um, haven't been on twig and you know this week in geek in a couple weeks so i didn't get to say how much i enjoyed uh the first season of our flag means death um mm. they took the show in some directions i wasn't really expecting and it was it was heartbreaking by the end it. of it uh really? and so oh my goodness it's absolutely heartbreaking and so i really hope the show gets another season so we can explore these characters and and see where they wind up they've done some really lovely things here taika plays Blackbeard and just it's so different than anything you'd sort of expect from that character. So I really liked what they did with that show. Uh, but I've also been uh, enjoying on a weekly basis uh, winning time. I'm really, rig- nice. really digging what they're doing with that show. I think it's it's terrific. I love it. I absolutely love it, man. I, I'm so glad you started watching it. I'm I'm I haven't watched this week's this past week's episode. I think it's episode six. Um, but 
I, I'm I'm absolutely digging it. It's been greenlit for a second season. Um, so I think that that's really, really great. And it, it does make me kind of think, how are they going to end this whole thing? But, you know, this early on with, I think there's about f- maybe, let's say two to four episodes left. I don't know what the run is of episodes. Maybe it's eight or 10, maybe it's 12. I don't know. Um, but that being said, the fact that, you know, we're only at episode six or when this was announced, like episode five or four, and they're already saying, you know, yeah, they're, they're coming back with a season two. It's pretty wild, and honestly, I love John C. Riley in this. I think he's 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 doing a great job, and um, yeah, like, the, what do you think of the style? Like, just just to kind of quickly gab about this, what do you think of the the sort of Adam McKay style being applied to this? this yeah, sports? you get you get like random fourth wall breaking. Uh, I love the the combination of everything looks retro already. But then yeah. they'll even film some stuff where it looks like it's being picked up by a documentary crew or a news crew or something yeah. thrown in there. And so yeah. visually, it's got a really, really unique style. And then yeah. in addition to John C. Riley, I think Quincy Isaiah as Magic Johnson is so charming, yes. so captivating. He's he so captures yeah, that yeah. larger-than-life personality that Magic was. Uh, and then really, really nicely contrasted by uh, Solomon Hughes as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar their their relationship is so fascinating and so I'm just loving how you know Magic Johnson is being perceived as this this sort of positivity this 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 light whereas Kareem is is obviously you know as as you watch he seems to be kind of stepping back you know just taking a little bit more of a look at what what what's going on with with what he does and, and, and whatnot. So um, I, I love that you have that dynamic between them and there is this like young and old sort of relationship. And then you just have this energetic John C. Riley that's just so over the top. Uh, I, I absolutely love it. It's so good. Yeah, there's there's so much to chomp into and I don't think you need to be a sports fan to really enjoy it because it no, is just a really don't. fascinating period piece, if you will. And then they make, I think, the, 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 the basketball entertaining enough that they're sort of breaking down for for mm-hmm. you know the a fan of any level sort of what's happening and why this was a very very special time in the game and for this very very integral important legendary team yeah i couldn't agree more i'm not i'm not a huge sports fan by any means i i like sports but it's not like it's i'm going out of my way watching two games while recording a podcast at the same time but <laughs> i think the the ma- main thing is is that if you're not into sports, what this does is it does capture, like you said, the game and, and, and at the point in, in the the you know late 70s, entering the 80s, where basketball was at that point and how everything was changing from the game experience to how you know the coaches is, is coaching the team to be more, uh, I love the reference of jazz, you know, be fluid. Uh, I loved, and those, those are references that any audience, whether you're a sports fan or not, will necessarily connect with and understand the motives and the intentions. So I think that, I, I agree, I don't think it, it necessarily pins itself for being the hardcore sports fans, it's being more open to being inclusive to those that might just want to know more about the story. And man, I am all over this visual aesthetic. I love the mix of archival with with actual sort of decent cinematography but sometimes it looks like it's shot on like a a four by three like six 16 millimeter or eight millimeter camera and tv cameras and like you know those old retro ones there's one shot when they're showing like uh, a, a recap of them playing the game and it's all green and i'm like yeah that just looks like an old old tv camera um and also adrian brody man adrian brody so in the show is he's so good god 
Jeez, we can gab on Yeah, oh, I, I absolutely <laughs> could. But I will, I, I will just close by saying this team is just getting started. I mean, they basically have a 10-year just run of dominance in that they've taken it yeah. so slow so far that we're six episodes in and only a couple months into the first season. And honestly, they go mm. all throughout the 80s. And so I think you could probably speed things up and maybe condense a few years into a season going forward. But this has legs. I think the cast that they've assembled here is so good that I would want to see them not just wrap up the first season that they're together, but go for go for the decade and, and let's see where the team goes and you know let's see how Jerry Buss uh, just changes the game from off the court to on it. It's there's a lot of potential here. Yeah, couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't agree more. But how about yourself? What you been um, watching lately? What you been up to? Well, I I was actually well. So I'm continuing with. Uh, last week I was mentioning that I've been I've been reading some comics, so I've, I've been continuing my Moon Knight and, and Miss Marvel uh, reads. Um, but but this this week my my wife and I Angie and I we we started uh, watching a show that I've never actually watched in its entirety. I've just watched certain episodes here and there, and I know you're gonna love this. It's uh, Modern Family. About time, um, but about I, time. I, yeah, I, about time. I I have watched. It. I know who Phil Dumphy is. I know I know Cam, and and they're all my. They're, those are my favorites. I love Jay as well now, and Manny is just he's so cute. Um, but um. Yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really digging this show for, you know, again, it's, this seems so like dated to be saying this because this show's been out for, for quite some time, but its take of, on situation comedy, uh, you know, very, you know, office-esque, but then just really heartfelt family moments that, that genuinely feel honest. I think that that's, that's what I'm really taking away from, from it because everything just ends with that lovely little just closure of caveat of of you know that centers on on some sort of subject that binds the family together whether it's two characters or the entire family and watching their story through each episode you see how they're going through their own instances of of similar situations very situational comedy in that in that in that capacity but it's so nice to to see it and and again the, the cast of characters are just they work so well together i'm literally like this is a show that me and my wife watch before we go to bed right like you know and and it's like that thing that we'll put on and i'm just like rip roaring laughing every time it's just too oh good. yeah the, the the situations they get into themselves especially phil phil's incredible um but yeah <laughs> the way it all comes down at the end of each episode one of the characters will do sort of a poignant little voiceover and we'll get montages of, of everybody else and how the episodes even though they might not be related the, the like the incidents right. that they go through they all have a theme sure. of the week theme and exactly. and it's it's really really nice i will say the last four or five seasons sort of drop off. The, the the kid actors sort of grow up and become bad at acting somehow. So that was a little disappointing so, for me to, to sort of watch as it goes. But those first eight seasons are amongst the best in sitcom history. So I've only gotten, we're, we're like, we're just finishing season one. Oh, right? you're just and starting. Because we you, literally, you literally have seven yeah. more seasons of just some of the best oh, television sure. ever written. But it's crazy to think that, like, when I mentioned, you know, I haven't seen all of the episodes in their entirety. I have seen a good chunk of what I've already seen in season one, the, like episodes that I'm like, oh yeah, this is the the figure skating dancing one, or you know, oh yeah, this is this is when when you know Benjamin Pratt, uh, you know, comes in. Like, oh, he's somehow, so good. Benjamin Pratt is so good. Oh, in he's that so good. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Pratt so good. Had, <laughs> the one that I I uh, I was really surprised with that made me laugh my ass off was seeing Edward Norton. Uh, when he's sh- at the door, I 
died laughing when the door opened and it was him and he was dressed up like some some bad 80s glam 90s, rocker yeah. 80s 90 glam rocker yeah it was just it was absolutely hilarious and claire's, so, claire's sure, got the band wrong and and edward norton's yeah, character absolutely. realizes phil doesn't know who he is so good angie angie's always just angie's always just like phil's so weird and their relationship is just weird the way that they like hit on other people and stuff like that it's just it's so funny i just watched the episode when they do the uh it's the valentine's day one when they do the role playing oh uh, clive bixby for, let's go yeah. <laughs> and juliana <laughs> and her jacket and her jacket gets stuck yeah. in the oh it was so good such a such a funny episode um but yeah i'm sure for our listeners it, either you've already watched it and you're like where the hell has this guy been that he hasn't watched this goddamn show or you're like oh you know what I've been meaning to check that out. So if you haven't, then go check Please it out. Please do it, especially don't if be you like me. Especially if you do like The Office and and Parks and Rec and just those for sure those funny shows that also pack a lot of heart into them. Absolutely, I, I think they struck a struck a chord with people in terms of the next generation of situational comedies. You know, sitcom. Right, because it's no more about the sort of filmed in front of a live studio audience. I I think that this you know Modern Family does really set the tone for what the future of sitcoms would look like. You know, more of this is what I'd like to see, and and, and less of the Big Bang Theory, which was still a good show. But again, yeah. Well, that's it for this week in Geek. Thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us a glowing review. We always appreciate the love. Also, you can reach out to us, ask us any questions about the news, trailers shared today, or anything of any sorts that we cover on a regular basis. To do so, well, you can email us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering a variety of other content, such as our spoiler-free review for The Northmen, Kevin and I share our thoughts on the vengeful tale of a Viking prince out to conquer his fate. So if you're interested in hearing our thoughts before the movie hits theaters April 22nd, be sure to check out that podcast. Uh, we also have our spoiler-free review for Everything Everywhere All at Once, an A24 film in theaters now. So uh, if, if you don't know what it's all about, you want to hear our thoughts, you can listen to our podcast and then go check out the movie. Also, I had a chance to sit down with Daniels, the directing duo behind Everything Everywhere All at Once, and they shared a little more insight about their creative process and if they would ever do a Marvel movie. So be sure to check out that episode as well. Also, we have our ongoing watch club for Marvel Studios Moon Knight with the first two episodes out now and the third one dropping later today at the time of you listening to this recording and you can tune in week to week for this week in geek like today as we cover all the news and trailers from the geekiverse until then kev thanks man for joining me for this week in geek and as we say get home safe guys peace peace